Welcome to your Midwest Garden Podcast. Today, we complete our four-part series on lawn care. Stay tuned. This is season number one, episode 24, Winterizing Your Lawn. Hello again, I'm Michael Rourke, the Garden Guy, along with freshman gardener slash producer Scott. Say hello, Scott. Hello, everybody. All right, he said it. Dave Slavinsky, lawn service manager for Black Diamond, returns to YMG to complete the full cycle of lawn care. This round covers winter care for your lawn. Now I'm going to welcome Dave Slavinsky back. Hello, Dave. How you doing, Mike? I'm having trouble with Scott. <laughs> hey, Dave, uh, late September brought us the start of some area rains finally, but it's been one tough summer. Don't you agree? It's been very sporadic and um, not the kind of um, self, the serving rains we need. Hey. I would say um, we need like an all day rain. Well, and I'm glad you got was downpours. Well, I'm glad you said that because I'm asking. I'm going to ask you this then: Are you, well, are, are four shows enough to discuss having a healthy lawn? Um, yes, under normal conditions, I would say yes. Well, since but, this is not normal, no, this year has been anything but normal, Mike. All right, let's start in March or April, and go to where we are right now. What is abnormal about this whole season? Uh, we started out all right, you know. Um, we had rains. We had, you know, it warmed up like we expected it would warm up. And then we got to May. It got kind of warm. And then we got to June and the faucet was kind of shut off. We just did not get rain on grass. Well, actually, the first part of June was kind of expected. I mean, it's standardized. But then toward the end of June, 1st of July, it went almost like a drought. I mean, I was checking online. To see about like Wisconsin, Michigan, Illinois, Pennsylvania, um, some of those places had drought conditions, but they considered it extremely dry. Uh, I don't know what the difference between drought conditions and extremely dry are. I mean, to me, extremely I, dry I is do. a drought. I do. The difference is brown lawns and green lawns. That's the difference. Okay. Um, if you get extremely dry. Lawns can kind of maintain. When you get to drought conditions, um, certain grasses just can't handle it. Cool season grasses cannot handle extended periods of hot, dry weather. Cool season grasses, define or explain. Um, mostly your fine fescues, your bent grasses, any of your older type grasses. Um, if you get extended periods of hot, dry weather, they just can't handle it. The newer hybrids of grasses. So you're, yeah. you're, you're saying most your standard lawns. When you yes, said older, yeah. older grasses, I mean, it's not because they're 30, 40, 50 years old. It's just that these are the lawns that everybody had since, what, 1965? Yeah, well, and older varieties. I mean, you could have a new lawn and somebody went on the cheap. And they they installed a lawn with cheaper grass seed, rye grasses, and and lesser hybrids. So they just couldn't stand the heat. They just couldn't do it. I know the word melting out. 
Uh, well, yes. that's two words. I know what out means, but melding out. What does melding out actually mean? I mean, is that something that the grass plant is just turning to a different color and say, you know, it doesn't mean it's dead, but it's, you know, it'll rebound? What, what is it? Um, it was really tough to tell at certain points, but yes, there is a meld out and the grass kind of turns not just brown, but blackish. And it, 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 it kind of just does not want to recover from that. And it doesn't, does it? No, some some do, and in, in the the older grasses, just they don't. They okay, don't. Tell me the difference between dormant and meld out. Then dormant would be if your grass is upright, you're mowing high, and it's standing up. Um, it's probably going to recover. Okay, that when means it turns. Starts, when your grass starts laying down and you just keep mowing it through the heat because it's Thursday and it's time to mow the grass, you're actually doing damage. Um, the best thing people did this summer was the ones that didn't mow it when it didn't need to be mowed. Did not mow it. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Yes. If, if it did not need to be mowed, don't mow it. And when you mow it, mow it very high. And some of, the time, some of the times I let it go a little longer than normal. It didn't look as nice, but I knew it was protecting the, the grass better. So I just let it go, you know, an, exactly. ex, an extra, you know, three, four days. Yes. And as long as you don't mow a bunch off, then grass did fine. If you were mowing it three inches all summer and only mowing as needed, your grass probably recovered pretty well. So can we also say that, you know, we're talking Midwest grasses and we always, you know, Mike was mentioning cold weather grasses. I mean, isn't it kind of cold weather grasses that are planted here? I mean, it, yes, it's, it's kind yes. of a, for, it's kind of like it's what's in the ground. Well, here's see, what I can probably jump in and tell Scott. And Dave, I don't want to be corrected, but if you think I should be, please jump in. Um, the basically the cool weather grasses, like Dave referred to, were the older grasses, meaning the Kentucky blue grasses, the creeping well, red fescues, the fine fescues, even the turf type fescues are a cool weather grass. Everything but, you plant up here is going to be a cool season grass, not cold, cool season see, grass. He's correcting me. I like it. Of course, it's what I do. Well, Otherwise, you get into your zoysia, Bermuda, and things that are southern grasses. They well, are not going to do well here. Well, on the contrary, zoysia. You want to explain what zoysia is and so I can slap you on the bottom? You can try. But, oh. um, <laughs> it's, it's a southern grass, and it's built for heat. It, it will do well in the heat. It spreads very well in the heat. But in our region the Midwest, it's going to be green for maybe two months a year. Yeah. It, 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 it needs it needs heat to green up. But it goes dormant early. I mean, it's the first one yes. to go yellow and, yes. or brown and then or gold. And then it's the last one to green up in the, in the spring slash summer. I mean, this but it grows only in the sunny areas. And these are yes. thicker than the Dickens. I mean, we've had people that lost pets in their lawn that was of zoysia. But in the shade, it stops like, you know, it ran into a brick wall. Yeah. Yeah. So, so nobody in this region is actually planting this. I well, hope not. Well, they did. I, there are a few lawns and, you know, they don't look very good for a very long time. 
Well, the newspapers used to advertise it in the spring. It's like, you know, <laughs> these 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 expandable hoses that you see on television. It's a miracle hose. You don't have to rewind the darn thing. Just drop it and leave it go. Well, they only last for about two minutes. The, the zoysia grass was advertised as yep. you're never going to have to water this grass. You're only yep. going to have to mow it maybe twice in one season, and that's it. And everybody that thought it was a good idea Went yep, and you could buy stuff. plugs online. Or yeah, the plugs. It wasn't seed. Yes. And and they threw it out in their yard, and it progressively. And one of the things is, is if you have an adjoining yard, or even if you don't, the yellowness from this lawn tends to creep to other people's lawns. Yeah. I never planted this. You guys, your lawn service must have put this in. No. It's very vigorous during the summer when it's growing. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, it's thick. It's it's like straw. Come September, actually the end of August, it starts to discolor, but then it's bright yellow all the way through till probably mid-June next season. Okay, so let's let's jump back on track here. I'm on a track. Let's jump back on my track. This has got producer (laughs) and, uh, you know. The track that actually pertains to this region. (laughs) Doesn't have anything to do with an attention deficit. Go on, guys. The listeners are tuning in to discuss what they need to do to winterize. It's fall now. Ah, yes. And the rain has come, not as much as we want. But we had a hard w- summer. and we had a hard summer. Time to fix the bad rain. stuff. Yes, and I'm, I'm still going to, uh, I, I got I to throw this in now. You're just going to throw it in. What are you going to throw? Well, we all, we all know Dave's and Favorite phrases are read the label. Yeah. <laughs> and he always talks about the mow height. Right. The two things that your grass needs more than even a lawn service. Well, what is the mow height? Mow height high. Okay. As high as you can go. That oh, means the in, lawn, not you. In, in the heat. Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. The, the other grass. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's start with mow height. So, so wait, wait, I'm leading up to you're, something. You're, we can go to Mohaith because I want to talk about Mohaith as relates to fall winterizing because I got something for you. And then, but B, his, Created a monster. his other favorite, this is Dave's favorite hey, sound. Hey, this is, God, this is October. You're getting wet, Mike? Turn it off. Turn it, Dave, <laughs> turn it off. No, no. That's Scott's good. got to re- keep it on him, Scott. God. Keep it on him. <laughs> Sprinklers, water. That's Dave's favorite other subject. God, I'm yes. drenched. Yeah, Mike's drenched now. Anyway, so, so yeah, let's let's talk about mow height in the uh, you know prepping your lawn for winter. Yeah, I'll leave the two of you alone. Okay. Let me get a towel. Mow height. Keep mowing high. Two and a half at a minimum. Three inches preferable until Thanksgiving. Then mow shorter. Whoops. See, you know what I do, and and I I kind of cheat. I kind of know my at least my front grass. Did Scott admit that he did something wrong? That's not wrong. It's just not what Dave wants me to do. Why do you have to? Okay, but I, it's, I, it's never wrong if it works for you. There you, you pay thank attention. you. And that's why I threw that line in because I knew Dave <laughs> would save me because Mike was coming back at me. <laughs> so I, you know, our listeners know the three of us already. So, so my thing is, is, uh, I've already started lowering 
my lawn mower, just like a <laughs> setting or two. I don't know what it is. I mean, because I mow in the summer at the highest it will go, whatever that is. I don't measure. That's why we love you, Scott. So I, I don't know, I, a couple mows ago, or yeah, a couple mows ago, I clipped ago. it down to one, just the front tires. A couple ago. And then I clipped it down again, just the front tires. I hold and, and here's why. Here's my cheating thing. When I ago. When I blow leaves... It sure does make him blow off a lot easier. <laughs> so he's putting his lawn at risk so that he can just, you know, blow the leaves off. Yes. But but if his if he notices his lawn suffering, he can always raise back up. Right? I knew you'd take his side. All right. Well, I'm, he's right. I'm not scalping it. I'm just. Exa- I'm that's just, what I don't want. That's I'm, the worst thing. Right, right. So when you're saying Thanksgiving. Still watering, Scott. When you're saying Thanksgiving, that's the first and probably the last time. In other words, it's like the last mowing. Roughly. 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 Right. Grass doesn't read a calendar, but. Well, also, you're going to use your lawnmower as a vacuum cleaner, but for outdoors, like Scott with his blower and his lawnmower, he's basically cleaning the carpet. Now, he's one that has really become, oh gosh, for the lack of a better word, anal on, on his lawn right now in gardening. We created the monster. He's 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 a producer techno, technologist extraordinaire. When I've f- known the lawn for a few years. He's doing a fine job. Leave him alone. I just used a swear <laughs> word. Um, okay, but the height, he can gradually bring it down. He's already starting right now, so he's kind of safe. He can bring it back up if he finds it necessary. But the water... I, I don't I don't recommend lowering the mower until the last mowing because people take it to the nth degree and really lower it. Yeah, okay. As soon as I tell them to lower the mower, they feel it's time to, to cut it down to the dirt, and yeah. that is still not good. Well, in the old days, I mean, you know, as much as maybe even 30 years ago, they recommended doing that. So when you do that last mow low, so you just do it once at the end, that low? Uh, If that's what it needs. Sometimes the grass might need another cut in December. It depends on the weather. So you're never going to get a definitive. I cannot (laughs) dictate the weather. Oh, no. If I could, could, my job would be a heck of a lot easier, but. No, it, but once you, you, once you mow you, it at the last cut when it needs that last cut, it's usually, usually around Thanksgiving. So, I, so for the generic Joe, I'm going to interrupt yes, you. Yes. The generic Joe that lowers it at Thanksgiving and does, and then ends up needing one in December, just redo it at the same height. Yeah, take the leaves off. Yeah. What's the yeah. point of lowering? Get rid of debris. The main thing during winter is keep debris off the lawn if you can. What's the point of lowering it? Because you lower the canopy, and then in the spring, when it starts getting light and heat, it will be there sooner to heat up the crown of the plant and start growing. Beautiful. And it also helps to to, uh, not necessarily eliminate, but lessen, let's say, uh, winter problems that are left over, i.e. snowmobile. It will eliminate... Um, some snow mold problems over the winter and it, it will also make your leaf cleanup, Scott, easier as you blow them off. Hey, we'd like to thank Black Diamond Garden Centers for sponsoring your Midwest garden. We record this podcast on site at the Toledo location amidst all the smells of budding flowers, the manures, the chicken schmutz, you name it. 
If you're in the Toledo or Perrysburg, Ohio area, please stop by either Black Diamond location for all your gardening needs. And remember, ask someone who knows. We live in an area where they pick the leaves up. We're not allowed to, to uh, burn them like we used to. And, I mean, that, that smell was great over the, the, the fall. It was part of autumn. I mean, it was in the smoke and all this. But then somebody brought it to my attention. What about those folks that have, you know, the allergies, the breathing problems, et cetera? And I can empathize um, with or sympathize with them. And then basically I can understand. So that's one of the things I miss. But for, let's say, if it's city pickup, Sometimes the city's not as prompt as they should be. Sometimes those leaves are there at the curbside slash on the two feet, three feet, four feet of your lawn and the curb um, until probably, well, I don't know, maybe March, maybe the first part of April. What do you recommend um, I, somebody hey, do to that? Hey, 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 back off the city guys, man. They do what they can. I'm not knocking them. I'm just saying sometimes, gee willikers. I'm I'm not knocking city people. So and if a ha- if you have an early snow and your leaves are stuck on your grass, I suppose he's going to answer your question. That's, that's not good. Of course, he uh, answered your question. The the longer they sit there, the more they're more they're going to choke the grass out and deprive it of light, therefore oxygen, and it will die. If, if if it's deprived too long. Scott, why don't you ask him then, if he rakes the leaves back out into the street again, will that help it to rebound quicker? Why don't you ask that one? Hey, Dave, <laughs> if I rake the leaves... Well, you know what? And, and I kind of cheat because I don't... I mean, we have no, like, sidewalk in my neighborhood, so right. you don't have that two- to three-foot tree lawn. Right. Or, True. Or, 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 Neither do apron. I, Scott. So well, most of the people on my street... We rake them on the street, even though we're not supposed to. That's what, that, well, but you that's know what you I get... tell people to do, right or wrong, because right. if you leave them, if you leave them right there at the edge, then you're choking your grass out, and then you got a problem in the and spring. It, it all depends on how busy your street is, how you, if you can get True. away with that. Well, not only that, Scott. Why don't you ask him if, by any chance, when we have a three to four inch snow in the city, that's coming right by to plow the street, and they plow the leaves back up right onto your lawn? Yeah, is that something that the ground and the and the grasses are going to rebound quicker with? Go and ask that. Hey, Dave. <laughs> man I, i'm do i get paid extra for being host and junior yeah, yeah, gardener I, I, <laughs> once again do we really need mike oh, I, yes we I, do I, i'm not needed <laughs> hey I, I okay since we're talking cutting it lower getting everything ready for and we might have to do one more because i know it's going to we had a terrible season um, and people's lawns are basically, you know, with this COVID thing, people want to get outside, but they don't know what to do. And you're suggesting something till mid-November. Between now and mid-November, end of November, if somebody wanted to seed, are you going to suggest that it's too late? Scott, don't ask that one. I'm asking this one. I would say with the conditions we have in Northwest Ohio, Southeast Michigan, where I'm located right now, I would say try it. I would say try and get some grass growing. Um, fall is a much better time to do it. And right now the temperatures seem to be cooperating. It's, uh, you know. Well, this is the end of October. Um, yeah. we're, we're, we're talking, you know, the first part of November. I mean, it, it, you can't really predict what's going to happen. But throughout no. the Midwest, I mean— it, uh, do you think that any time right now in the autumn is better than waiting until spring to try to do any seeding? 
Yes, because the seed the seed is still going to be there in the spring. Okay. Now here, here's the trade off you're taking. The areas you seed will not be allowed to get a crabgrass preventer in the spring because any seed that hasn't germinated ah, will still the be trick. there. You said so, hasn't germinated. Right. Right. There's still the seed will still be viable in the spring, but. Yeah. If you put down a crabgrass preventer, it is no longer viable because the crabgrass preventer does not differentiate between between crabgrass and grassy. It's non-selective. Exactly. Ooh, you are getting. See, this guy He's has good, really man. caught the bug. He's getting good. He's oh, getting good. Criminally. Well, now, 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 by any chance, if you were to look up the definition of germination, it's the process of activity. Within the shuck of the seed itself. Now, the shuck is the hard casing on the outside of the shell. Yep. And it's the process of um, uh, allowing the, the, the seed to uh, uh, transfer from a seed, a dormant item, to an active item. But there is a what they call suspended animation. Most of the Midwest gets a lot of snow and a lot of cold. And that process of germination temporarily stops until the ground temperature warms up the following season, and then it continues, and then it starts to sprout. Is crabgrass control or preventative uh, going to hinder any of that new stuff that's already started? No, no. Anything that is germinated will be fine okay. because it, it's been insulated and it's it, it has turned into a plant rather than a seed. Now, talking to you throughout these four programs, I've discovered that there's other grasses that are out there that you highly and strongly recommend. Let's say there's an established lawn. The uh, older grasses ended up going, well, whether it melded out or whether it went dormant or whether it just plain old ordinarily died back, which for the most part is going to be the bluegrasses and the fine fescues. What do you recommend with average Joe and Jane homeowner or I.E. Scott Sandstrom? Uh, to use to replace those areas? Well, it's a case-by-case -case basis, but my standard go-to is a turf-type tall fescue. Um, there's numerous varieties, Crossfire 3, um, uh, Titanium 4th Millennial that produces lateral spread. Um, you have to be a little more patient with them, but once established, they do very well in most conditions. And they're, um, they need less maintenance than your bluegrasses, fine fescues, bentgrass. And it makes it, it almost looks just like the bluegrass thickness and texture, yeah, to, almost. To the homeowner eye, they're not going to know the difference, no. Uh, when you said lateral growth, meaning that it's going to fill in the voids or a lot of voids, and basically it's yes. going to continue to thicken up for you. Um, yes. All right. Now, is there anything that I used to, well, I'll call it, it's Mike Mix, and you guys can go and do no, whatever. No, we're back to the corn chips and the Fritos. No, 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 no. Now that you mentioned that, no, I can do that. Oh, for God's sake, when we leave here, I got to go and get some corn chips, Fritos, and M&Ms <laughs> and peanuts. Um, no, this, is a, this isn't a snack. This is the mixture of your turf-type fescue that you recommended. But there's one yeah. little secret that I added to it, which was a— oh, uh, Tender loving care. I nurture things. <laughs> now, it's actually a perennial rye. 
When, when, when people hear of ryegrass, they go, oh, God, I don't want that junk. Yeah, that's kind of the way I look at it. I know. That's why I'm recommending it, basically. And why? How much of a, Mike, how much percent of the mix? Well, it depends on the on the area, but if you want, if you've got a customer that says, no, well, I what do I do now? Listen to me. I didn't ask about area. I asked about percentage. I'm going approximately mix. one pound for the mix per hundred square feet. Now it okay. depends on what you've got. If it's a more have sun- you haven't done math? Well, yeah, I've done math. Percentage of the mix. I want any ryegrass to be less. I- Less than ten percent of the mix. I know. Now you I explain. You explain per- why you want it less than ten percent. See, we're having a good old-fashioned yeah. argument. Okay, go. Why do you recommend ten uh, percent or less? Well, for one thing, the rye is going to come up first. Why? What it's and it's gonna it's gonna shade the other grasses, which is gonna be detrimental to germination. But don't you want the rye to hold the earth a little bit tight for erosion? That, here's that's my. Why, here's, that's why I only want a certain. Not just person. that. So if you're on a hill, like we got to we got to think outside the box. Not everybody's on okay, a beautiful flat wow. piece of grass. Uh, once rye. again, case, see, once again, Lenny's going to agree with Scott. But oh no, when it comes to Mike, go for it, Mister Mister Dave. I'm going to sit back and pout. <laughs> I think Mike's all hey, wet. Hey! Hey! <laughs> Damn it! Oh, I've been wanting to do that for a long time. Feels there's a there's a little little hand towel you can dry off with, Mike. Oh, I got the, oh, it's a blanket. It's a three oh, by three it's inch. It's a cat's blanket. God, I got hair all over me. Anyway, so yeah, it's, so we have we have different. I mean, not everything's flat, Cut so it's good, to, no, no. it's good to have a little something in there. Plus, the other thing is that if you see that coming up sooner than the others, you can also see where you may have missed and then therefore go apply a little bit more. So if you're, like right now, if you're late in the season planting grass, I mean, my stuff that I oversee is already up. So this yeah. is, you're late in the season right now. Well, You want that to come up. ASAP, ooh, ooh. and you want to see what you missed ASAP. Ooh, ooh, teacher, teacher, ooh, ooh. What see, if? The biggest, the biggest problem I run into is with uh, new builds in the fall, people trying to put a lawn in fast. Yeah. And they want the homeowner who bought the property to see grass. So they just use, you know, ryegrass. Right, because they want them to come to a new green lawn, and that just creates real problems down the road. Yes, yes, Mike. Oh, what's your question, Mike? Put my arm down. It wasn't a question. I just wanted to add something to the class, and and basically say that okay, so we're not we're not saying that that ryegrass is bad or taboo. I mean, I immediately got jumped on. I had the sprinkler turned on me. I had Dave Slavinsky, who happens to be lawn service manager extraordinaire, basically castigate me for for even making the suggestion and not knowing math. Oh, I know math. But anyways, (laughs) the, 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 the question here or the statement that I'm going to be making here is what out of those three grasses, let's say all of them, let's go Kentucky bluegrass, let's go turf type fescue, let's go perennial rye. And the germination, how long does it take under pristine conditions, people, for each one of those Pretty to germinate? Pretty sure we went through this the last time. Yeah, right? we did. Well, last time, does anybody remember the last time? Yeah, the two two out of three of us. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say a couple of us did, but, you know. <laughs> 
But, but, but that's why. I mean, we got the weather that's going to be coming up pretty. In another eight weeks, we're going to have snow on the ground. Most likely. I mean, from Pennsylvania all the way over to the Dakotas. Right. It's going to be Mike, less than eight Mike, weeks. Mike. What? Early germination does not equal good law. I'm not saying that. Now, you never let me finish. It's a placebo. You see, now, why do you think you just said you hate those new builders that are putting in nothing but ryegrass? No. If you've got a good blend or combination, even if it's less than the 10% that you're talking about, that happens to be evenly mixed with or evenly distributed throughout the area, it will come up and it will make people see green coming up. Correct? True. True. Now, the but turf type fescue is going to be under pristine conditions a minimum way, of two it's, weeks. It, by the way, Mike, it's ryegrass and it's new. It's not really going to be green. It's going to be kind of. Oh, here really we go. Light. We're going to go into the color. Oh, no, it's mauve color. <laughs> it is. It's never going to be. You can't make ryegrass that I green. didn't say. Well, I'm not telling anybody to make a lawn entirely out of ryegrass. I'm saying to throw it in there in a blend. Mr. Biden, and, Mr. Trump, I need to interrupt you. <laughs> 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 and then in the red corner and in the blue corner. Let, let's, I'm, can, I'm, I'm you gonna, just lost every homeowner that I'm, hasn't built a house yet. I'm going to summarize this up real quick. You tell me in a yes or no answer, am I correct or incorrect that this you're so late at this point in the calendar of uh, overseeding or even throwing in a new lawn that you need to get it down now and hope that it comes up, but it probably will overwinter a little bit and come up in spring because I mean, you, yes. you want them doing it in the fall while the earth is warm, the air is cool and everybody's number one complaint is crabgrass yes. in the spring. So in order to get the crabgrass taken care of, you cannot, seed in the spring you want to come out of your basement yes yes Uh, it was a yes or no question but i have a caveat no no Um, no no if you seed too late a pre-emergent still can't be applied in the spring true because there are many seeds there yet to germinate now if i'm I'm sorry, Mike. I'm like on a roll here. (laughs) (laughs) So seed has moisture in it, right? It has a little bit of moisture in it. And and the dry air winter is not going to take that moisture away and kill it. So it does come up in the spring. It will. um, The best thing you can hope for is a good snow cover to insulate it. But mm. seed will seed will be viable mm. in the in the next year. What mm. is he moaning about? Uh, the blue corner has I'm a con- con- counter can I, statement. Can I say something? Yeah, please. All right, it's not going to dry out if it's put in properly. I mean, if you incorporate the seed and the soil together, the insulator from the snow is a is a factor. However, if you've got seed and soil combined, people used to be afraid that well, if I throw it down and I don't put straw on top of it, the birds are going to come in and eat it. Well, you're going to end up having wheat seed germinating also later on. If you blend in on the on the loose soil a nice mix of a combination of perennial rye, turf type fescue, less than ten percent. Uh, regardless, um, if you do that, you incorporate that with the soil. You rake it in lightly with a leaf rake. The birds are going to eat only the stuff that's on top. If you figure birds, minimally, minimally, 
one pound per hundred square feet, that's going to be more than enough. That's going to be more than enough for decent germination. As long as you uh, seed properly, this is true. I got it. Okay. Mike's happy. I I got it. He said it. Scott, this has got to be saved. (laughs) Okay. So back to winterizing my lawn. Okay, let's go back what, there. What else can I do? I mean, obviously, if I get an early snowfall and it's wet, you probably want me to take that snow, especially, let's say, like wait, uh, late in the winter. You know, we, we've had seesaw heat and cold throughout the winter time in the past few years. So if I have a snow plow that dumped a bunch of snow on there, do you want me to take that off the grass? Uh, not necessary. The grass is going to go dormant and protect is, itself anyways. Is, oh, you're talking it, the snow. I thought you meant leaves. No, no, like snow. If it's like a mountain, you no. know, when the when the blade comes no. by and throws everything on, is that okay? Here's here's what you run into. If, if the soil is still too warm and a bunch of snow is piled up on it, be it from downfall or a plow or whatever, um, it's going to insulate it, and um, you can develop snow mold at that point. That's that's what creates the snow mold in the spring is by warm air temperatures kind of being suffocated by the cold air on top of it. But that being said— Another caveat. <laughs> caviar? Caviar, anyone? Don't, rem- don't remember asking you a damn thing. Um <laughs> <laughs> Put that hose down, okay? <laughs> That's I, I don't need it. Um, uh, uh, snow mold in the spring is normally taken care of by light raking to improve air circulation, and the grasses will recover that way. I think. It's, I think he's. You know, I, I'm. I'm not questioning myself. I'm just afraid to jump in on any of this. I mean, come on, guys. If you've had your sprinkler, if a sprinkler was turned on you. Because you wanted to to assist somebody, um, <laughs> okay, but no, no buts, no anything of this nature. We both agree that unless there's leaves piled up onto your lawn, let the snow drop. If you haven't given it its yeah. fifth or, or the very late fall, early winter application, you get an early That's- snowfall. The ground is still warm. Eventually, it's going to melt. Can we you need- still put it down? We we need to discuss the winter application. Yes, yes. we do. That's what it I was segueing into. Okay. Segueing. All right. Let us discuss the winter application then. Yes. Anytime between late October and, say, mid-December, depending on weather conditions, is a good time to fertilize. Um, what happens is... The grass is not going to use it to make itself green. It's going to turn it, take it to the roots, turn it into carbohydrates for root development. That's what you want over the winter. My doctor said to stay away from carbs. The carbs, no, well, you need some. Yeah, but you're you're not grass, so, you know. Well, maybe you should start. <laughs> uh, never mind. That's a personal I'm just thing. telling you what what I know is that that's what grass does and weeds do in the fall. They take in nutrients to store them in their root system as carbo- and turn them into carbohydrates, and they use those 
in it's the bas- spring. It's basically food. The plants make their yes. own food through photosynthesis. Yes. You're putting the nutrients yes. in there to store so that they can rebound quick enough the following season so that you get a healthy start. Yes. For the homeowner, the best See, time just to plain English. For the homeowner, the best time to apply would, I would say, between when the grass is green but has stopped growing. I see a great big question mark over Scott's head. No, no, I was just putting two and two together. Okay, so when it's green and it's basically... Top top growth has stopped. Okay. Usually that's going to be about, what, four to six weeks after each application, usually. So let's say, you know, this is the end of October. I just put my fourth one down. The fifth application can go as late as the first of November, I mean, the end of November, first part of December? Mid-December. Mid-December. Go all the way into mid-December. Around where I'm at now, yeah. It's it's easily into the mid of mid of December that you can apply a winterizer. The grass, as long as you apply the right product, um, not using coated nitrogen, using re- readily available nitrogen that gets down there and is absorbed. What percentage are we talking about? 27, 30, 33? Doesn't matter. A uh, pound of nitrogen per thousand square. Math is imperative, and it's very important, David. <laughs> a pound per how much? A pound per thousand square feet. Anywhere uh, from three-quarter to a pound of thousand, a pound of nitrogen per thousand square feet. So you have 5,000 square feet. You're going to use about five pounds of N. Five pounds of nitrogen, yes. Yeah, that's what the N stands for. You know what the P stands for in that? Yes, I do, Mike. Do you know what the K stands for in that? Yes, I do, Mike. K, why don't you go P and let Scott and I <laughs> do what we're supposed to do and inform that the was, audience that, in basic that English. Was per, that was pretty smooth. I like that. He's right. <laughs> been working on that all week. Uh, he probably has. It, it takes him a month to work up a joke. Okay, so, hey, don't talk P, about me. <laughs> P would be your phosphorus. If you are in an area where you can apply phosphorus legally, um, fall would be the time to put any amount of phosphorus down. Now, how does that benefit the lawn? It's root development. Now, without a soil analysis, you don't know whether you need it or not. Well, yeah. and where There's does... a lot of phosphorus available in the soil already in a lot of places. Well, sure. So just going out and putting it down because you think it's time is not a good idea. Well, now there's been a scare, especially around the, the southern Great Lakes with this algae bloom and um, mycocysteine. And they've been blaming it on the phosphorus content and blaming it basically. Now, they, when I say they, there's a scare out there that the right. lawn services basically are putting the phosphorus down, which is stimulating the growth of the algae and the flower, which is causing the mycocysteine. Are you putting this phosphorus down or no? No. no. You haven't been or Um, have been? We have not used phosphorus in a very long time um, other than new lawns, which for root development, newly seeded lawns need phosphorus. And the plant's going to utilize what's there. Exactly. We only put down what the plant's going to utilize. Nothing more, nothing less. We We don't want runoff either. Gotcha. So Scott's rant on that is that they're they're blaming everybody. Scott's with phosphorus. The, the OM Scott's company. Huh? 
Huh? The fertilizer no, company. No, 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 no. Scott's rant. My rant. Okay. About Scott Sandstrom's rant. Lawn cutting services or people just cutting lawns at their house. Everybody's worried about the like Lake Erie algae and the phosphorus, and yet nobody like in the old days. Like my dad got the push broom and garbage can out and swept up their clippings when they were done in the street. So where do those go? Back those go in the, the sewer. Where the sewer leads to Lake Erie. So may not be a big percentage of you putting phosphates in the lake and causing this algae, but you know if you clean up after yourself, every bit of it helps. Use not, a response. I agree. So, I agree. And if you're paying a mowing company to mow your lawn, why are they not taking clippings away? Isn't the idea of having somebody do mow your lawn is when you come home and even a lawn service, you come home and the sidewalks are clean, the grass looks great. You know, you just sit back and grab your lawn chair and a cocktail and enjoy it. But no, you come home and you see these lawn companies, uh, lawn cutters, out let me street. rephrase that, All lawn right. cutters. All right. Let me address that because a lot of lawn service companies, um, I use one, um, they will mow the lawn in the spring when it's growing vigorously, they haul the clippings away. In the summer, when there's not a lot of top growth, they just put them back in the lawn, which is beneficial to the lawn. But they're not putting them in the lawn. They're leaving them on the sidewalks and on the street is my point. No, 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 no. Not, what do you mean no? no? I see it every day. I'm glad well, this I'm is third tables. I'm talking about a quality lawn service company. Go get them, Dave. Well, you know. No, here, um, here's the question, and I think and Scott, they are not—they are not legally allowed to do that either. They have to blow them back into the lawn. Are there? I mean, most lawns, lawn mowing, lawn mowing services, using mulching mowers. Now, all of these lawnmower companies, even the Hondas—I mean, the high-end ones—are promoting how many times it goes through a cycle before it pushes it back into the lawn. These mulching mowers. Regardless, you got a sidewalk and a driveway. They go off onto the drive, or you know, I don't know. It's going like three million RPM for the blades. Uh, you're you're going to be distributing some loose green throughout. Sure. sure. Now that I can understand, but then again, I used to ride a motorcycle. People, it's yeah. not just the lawn service. It's 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 people that want to blow. They're, they're using their lawnmowers and they have the side chute, regardless if it's a mulching mower or not, and it shoots it right out into the street. If you ride a bike, a motorcycle onto that, it's like being on ice. I mean, for God's sake, you've got your life in your own hands on that. Uh, in, in this case, the education aspect about what to do with these clippings is far more detrimental to the environment. Like what Scott's saying, and I know his point. Um, uh, uh, you've got the nitrogen, phosphorus, and potassium that's in the blades also. We've got people, yeah. granddad used to take leaves, the blades of the grass, and put it in his garden and use it as a moisture retender, retention device, as well as breaking down, it would have its nutrients still in it. But aha, guess what? They also put down the weed killer, and they want to know why their vegetable garden died back? Let's educate everybody onto these things. Tell them what they can, what they should and should not do if they're a responsible homeowner that is going to be maintaining their properties. And I agree with Scott. There are some that don't care. They just want it off of the property. They'll scoot it out, and it goes right into the drain. You're right, Dave. If they, if right. they do it that way, it and is illegal. That's, that's my tangent rant. Now, now, if you want to 
put them back into your garden. Every, uh, uh, most weed killers, three-way weed killers have a half-life of 10 days. Um, if once you cut it off and you put your clippings into a compost or anything, you let it sit, they break down rapidly. So oh, agreed. You, a composter, you, that's fantastic. You can use them that way because because the weed killers we use, they break down very quickly by sunlight, heat. You know, that's that's the way they're intended to be used. I, I just don't think you should take your clippings right from the bag that you vacuumed with and put them right under your veggie garden. I mean, I agree. regardless I agree. if it does or does not have weed killer, I mean, it's going to cook. Well, it's not probably going to be good but most of what you're putting down is non-systemic so it's not like it's going to be taken into your vegetables either okay oops scott's so, got a question again. so getting back on the episode track of winterizing your lawn <laughs> and uh, you know uh, you can slap my wrist because i went on a rant uh so you talked about mulching so those people that are not overseeding because not Everybody's going to overseed prepping for winter. Let's sure. let's talk about raking in or thatching or you know what do you want to do to that lawn if you're not seeding? Thatching's a four-letter word. Yeah, do, do not go, Dave. Go. Do not thatch. Um, anytime you thatch or have someone dethatch your yard, if you look at what they take out, they take out so much green. It's it, it, it's just so stressful on the grass. You don't want to do that. Um, I recommend um, aeration, a light raking, keep the debris off. Um, if you have brown matted areas, um, lightly fluff with the rake to improve air circulation because that a lot of rhizomaceous grasses will fill in that. The rhizomaceous grass means that it'll spread both uh, through the rhizomes or the roots, lateral yeah. or? Yeah, lateral spread. Oh, all right. That's the best thing you can do pretty much all year long. If you see brown matted areas, just go fluff them up, you know, rake them, let a little air in there, and a lot of grasses will fill out on their own. So aerations at this time of year, at this when this episode goes, your companies are, I'm going to say, booked for this yep. fall. Yeah. So you, you need as a homeowner to throw aerations on your calendar and have it remind you like in September. No, even <laughs> earlier to I would say, call, uh, call whoever does your aerations if you don't do it and book it early. Yeah. Yep. I would say, um, yeah, get yourself in there between, I mean, schedule it early and you want it done between mid August and October 1st is my recommendation or, or because I've seen, I've, I've seen them done late when it's really cold and you go and you punch holes and you get a really hard freeze and that, that frost and everything gets right down there to the rhizomes and it kind of stunts it for the spring too. Well, we know that that dethatching rips out good grasses. I yes. mean, as well as the bad. The aeration or plugging, it looks like a bunch of geese went through the front yard. Do you leave, those, do you leave those plugs lie? I mean, it goes down approximately two to three inches into the ground, pulls yes. up some dirt, a little bit of thatch, and some live grasses. What do you do with those plugs? Let them be. Let them be. Let them, yep. yep. So, 
They will decompose. The soil will go back in as a top dressing, and you'll be fine. And does any of that grass that's still good take root again? As as well as well as some of that soil that you pull out, does that end up? It's possible, but the the main thing you've done is you you've chopped off a rhizome, which is going to allow it to spread underneath also through the root system. It's going to pop exactly. up through that hole. Okay, so it's going to stimulate that growth. Exactly. Do you recommend exactly. seeding after the fact? Uh, at the proper time of year, yes, it's a very good time to do it. Okay, so we went. Or, or you can take your golf shoes and go walk around your yard for a I've couple hours. I've heard people think that that you know that that does the trick. Have you seen that those better, those? You there better be some long spikes. Well, there were some strap-ons that a lot of these garden centers had that what? they could put. Yeah, it was like you know you need a skate key to go and put it on, and they got yeah. like three-inch you know spikes, three four-inch spikes that people were walking around their yard. This is plugging. This is aerating and dethatching. Nah, you know what? We talked earlier about them selling Zoya plugs also, and that didn't work. So. Well, it worked. It just worked too Not well. Not every idea is a good one, Mike. You know what I'm going to try next year, though? Oh, boy. As far as aerations, I mean, I don't get my lawn aerated every year. or It's like every few years, in fact, because... Nobody, need... nobody likes to do it for me. <laughs> I was going to say, they can't get through the grass. But there's one section in my backyard, in my, and I would love to aerate my backyard, but there's too many tree roots. And so this one yeah. section, as much water as I can put on it, it still dries out really fast. There, I saw a product on a, some YouTube video, dude, some oh, lawn, lawn With ninja With the expandable hose? No, no, no. You saw dude. it on the internet. It must be true. That's right. But no, I actually saw the AB comparison, and it, it's a liquid aeration, and all it, it's bioactive. It, yeah, it's not really plugging holes. What it's doing, everybody, is it's softening the earth. However, it works. I don't know. Mike probably knows. Dave knows. It's softened that earth and then lets the water drain into it better. Like oh God. they were doing a hose in this area, and it was just like running off. It's like the spray seeds, off. too. But see, the 90%. And then you spray that stuff. But you read what's in there. Look it up on the internet, which is 99% accurate, and see if it has any gypsum in it. And uh, All right, I'll look for it. Look for the gypsum. And it's kind of like that, that, that seed mix that they, they make, too. It's, it comes from Canada, and it's perfect. It, it comes up within a week. But it, they don't tell you that it dies out after two. Um, <laughs> it's, all it's doing is a liquid chemical just softening it. Like doing the work of a dandelion, breaking up that earth so you can get water penetrating underneath it. See if it's gypsum. If it's gypsum, uh, they used to sell that. Right. My argument would be if you're watering properly, you don't need the earth broken up either. Well, I mean, that, but he's living in a forest back there and he's yeah. got. I know, I know. I do also, but. Ooh, I, here we go. If it sounds too good to be true. I mean, I'd like to run an experiment on the lawn. I really would. I'll send you the video. I'd like well, to see. You know what? I the next time video, we talk, I want to see video. what the results are on this. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, let's, on a lawn, I can actually feel and touch. Not right. a no, no. I, I'm I'm going to do it. I'll, I'm going to take that yeah. section and yeah. I'll show you next I wanna, year. I want to see what's on there. Yeah. I really do because I think it's, mm -hmm. you know, I think, I can't say that it is. But they used to promote gypsum as it would break up, loosen the particles of the soil as far as compaction goes and allows yep. the root system to expand that way. But you got to use a boatload of gypsum. Yep. And, and I, my, my first 
point of attack would be to check the pH because yes. your pH level is going to dictate a lot too whether it needs gypsum or not. Now, it, it, is it going to be beneficial, right? Right, Mike? Gypsum or lime? Now, lime sweetens Either the soil. Or. Well, lime will sweeten the soil. See, both of these things have micronutrients, calcium, manganese, boron, you name it, that's going to be there to help the plant get stronger. Um, both of them are going to have it. The lime is used to neutralize usually the pH. I yes. was corrected eons ago when I said all you got to do is, if you've got moss growing in your yard, all you got to do is put down, you, got, you obviously have a pH factor that's screwy. Um, go ahead and throw lime down. It'll neutralize the pH and it'll kill the moss, make it more conducive to grow the grasses. Well, I had somebody from Ohio State University that got his PhD to tell me moss can grow in a number because of a number of factors. One of which is too much moisture, too wet. One is because of shade. One is because of the pH. So it, you're going to have to have somebody that really knows his schmutz, kind of like Dave Slavinsky, that can go out there and say, "Hey, this is what you need to do." Now, how right. do we how do we find a, a, a reputable service such as yours? They can go into people's yards and diagnose things appropriately. How does one that, that really needs a lawn service, um, how do they find it? I mean, research-wise. I would go to a small, locally-owned lawn service that, you know, actually cares about their job. Um, your big chains, they're going to try and sell you stuff you probably don't need. Okay. Um, I, I, their idea is profit. Um well, the days, this, the days of the guy with the pickup truck and can buy a pallet of fertilizer are basically over. So if you've right. got a small, reputable company and they're licensed and they, yes. they're certified and they yeah. go and get updated annually from yep. whatever um, land grant. Always, always, always ask about licensed and certified and insured. Okay. Always. We're back on the Scott train trying to get us back on the track of <laughs> That's the Scott winter, Sandstrom. winterizing your lawn. <laughs> what what have what are we missing dave are we missing anything is it that just that simple uh, uh, water height overseeding and mower adjustment at the correct time it, it really is winterizing is that simple and trying to you know if we don't get snow cover go get the you know any matted down leaves and anything like that off your yard so you don't have the problem in the spring um, it, it's much easier to take care of it in the fall than in the spring, because if you get aggressive with the grass in spring with the hard raking, you start damaging new shoots and roots and rhizomes that are coming out of the grass that are trying to grow. And you can damage that by a hard raking in the spring. So don't do not hard rake in the spring. Just just make sure you do anything aggressive with the grass in the fall. Spring's busy enough as it is with you trying to get your porch furniture out your your garden establish i mean do the lawn yeah. now so the lawn is easy then the basic thing you do in the spring and i tell all my customers give it a short mowing to get rid of the winter debris and then let it grow it, it will do just fine um do not get aggressive do not seed if you can avoid it i mean it sometimes it's unavoidable you have to We'd rather you didn't, but sometimes you have to do these things. All right, Dave. I think we wrap that show up. In, in uh, according to my timer, well, uh, I'm not. 
I'm not finished, but you can you oh, can you're, go ahead. You got something to add? Okay, Dave. I think uh, we've finished. We've completed everything. <laughs> And I, I would like to thank you for coming on board. If we have questions about the fifth uh, or the winter, winter part, and the weather is really, really weird, uh, do you <laughs> mind us giving you a, a phone call? Of course. Anytime. All right. Well, okay, Scott, you can. You well, can what, what I was trying to get to was the uh, my automatically sprinklers no, timer kind of no. goes no. off. No, Dick. Right. Scott. <laughs> no. Yeah, get him. Get him. Damn it. Get him one more time. Damn it. He deserved that. <laughs> All right, Dave. Apparently, Mike can't finish the show, so everybody, thanks for listening to the fourth of the four-part series, and thanks again, Dave. All right. Thanks for having me. Rest in peace, baby. VH, man. VH. Thanks for listening to your Midwest Garden. If you like today's conversation, please share this podcast with friends and family. And don't forget to click on the subscribe button so you won't miss any future episodes. Plus, if you have any show topics you'd like us to discuss, head on over to our sponsor's Facebook page, which is Black Diamond Garden Center, and message them your topic idea. For all of us at your Midwest Garden Podcast, I'm Michael Rourke, the Garden Guy. Hope you enjoyed today's conversation.